Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep it all going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplaces that work for all employees. And the policy we're going to talk about today is kind of about time off. It's kind of about how our time off has to go to all things school once our kids are out of daycare, I think. So breadwinning and parenting. So especially as the kids get older, um, I think we all have a thought, or at least maybe I'm assuming for everyone, that when the babies are really tiny, like this is it. This is the this is the all in. I don't get any sleep. The babies can't do anything. You know, it's just all in and that it's going to get easier when they're more self-directed and they'll be more self-sufficient. And it's going to free up oodles of time. It's going to lessen my mental load because if only because they're going to go to school and that's also going to be cheaper. So, um, so I'm all good, right? <laughs> I wish. I was just letting that thought like go out into the ether. I feel like we would, uh, if, if only, right. So first of all, uh, schools are closed for an average of 29 days a year. That does not count summer vacations. Uh, and most private sector workers with paid leave, um, you know, with vacation paid PTO has 16 days off. Um, so yeah. So I'm starting every year, 13 days in the hole. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, and that, you know, that like, that doesn't count what happens between the hours of where the workday goes from, you know, eight or nine to five or six and the kids out by like, I think the latest in the country is three 30 of school time, right? Like the latest. Right dismissal is is of school time it's uh yeah we're really it's not set up to work for us it really no it's not (laughs) it really isn't and I you know it's funny when you were just starting that um that description I was thinking about when I used to facilitate new moms groups and I remember um you know people would be talking about sleeping in the beginning right and so like after they passed over that um that like newborn phase of like, nobody knows what's happening. And they would, and the kid would hit like one sleeping kind of oasis, like where it would kind of work. And they'd be like, it's good. Like my, my baby's like sleeping and it's all going to be good from here on out. And so my jet, like what I really took seriously was not to burst their bubble at that period of time, like to be like, sure. Like, I was like, things will change. You're so kind. But like, no, but you can't just take like a new, a new parent whose like world has been tipped right. side and start throwing like, you know, like the reality at them and has to kind of be spoon fed over time. And I think, I think when we're, you know, when we're shelling out, like, I mean, I think my kids child care at one point was like a 30, 40 grandpa position, like yeah. one year. So like, if you're thinking that, and then 
and you're in that kind of insane period of time. I mean, that was a huge percentage of what we were making, by the way. It wasn't like we were like, oh, here's, here's, you know, here's Take the my money. money, please. But right. It was, but then when you think about, um, yeah, when you think about trying to have to like piece together, um, you know, money again for after school, for those days, those days, you know, for professional days, for Memorial, for Memorial Day, for Patriots Day, for Chancellor's Day in Brooklyn, like all these, you know, all these different days, that's just kind of too much to handle. You just kind of want to convince yourself that we're hitting this, you know, this like smooth sailing, Bert. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's so, not, oh, and especially when you start, uh, pre-K if if you're lucky in Brooklyn it's very hard to get into pre-K these days and um, so if you get into public pre-K and and so at least your tuition costs because when they were in pre-K is threes that's always tends to be private and that's expensive which is like a upping from daycare anyways because yeah no it, it right it's all expensive so but you come into pre-K and you have publishing parties um, performances and, and you, 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 your heart, you want to be at all these things, of course, but it's, it, it, cause what no. we're talking about here is both a time issue, um, and a money issue. Yeah. 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 No, completely, completely. Well, first I want to just go back to the pre-K thing because, um, so I don't live in Brooklyn anymore. Um, Sad, sad, sad. But I, uh, but when my daughter, so I had kids 2009, 2012. When my daughter, when we applied for universal pre-K, it was before, oh, before we applied for pre-K programs, it was before universal pre-K. So there was a lot less access to childcare. So that, that actually put us in that crazy, you know, in that crazy scarcity uh, and cost. And yeah, yeah, it's very stressful. Yeah. And, that is a real change. Uh, it's a real sea change in New York City is universal pre-K. It just means it's it, you don't necessarily get the school that's near your home, but it's you know but it's a price you're paying. Uh, it's that price is easier than the fifteen thousand uh, dollar tuition price for <laughs> private no. pre-K. And so, yeah. I, so my my funny story is that I ran into. So we used to go to this. Uh, playground in the neighborhood it kind of attracted both parents from your kid's school, and my kid's school. Um, and there was this one mom, I happened to know she was the breadwinner in her family. Um, but her kid in 2000, whatever it was, I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> her kids were getting into universal pre-K. She got it and we did it. And I saw her on the playground and she said, you know, she was one of like six. Like there was, there were so few spots. It was insane. But she, she said, and we applied to seven schools for my daughter, but she came to me and she said, Rahal, this is the best day of my life. She was like, <laughs> she was like, I got married. I had two kids and then there's today. And she's like, cause I just won the lottery. I just won oh. $20,000. And I just remember that moment. It's like seared in my mind that she was just like, she literally listed her wedding day and the birth of her two children yes. and the day that she didn't have to pay 20 grand in childcare. It's, it's insane. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and she's not old enough at that point to realize there's going to be two more of those. Well, I guess maybe three because my kids aren't at the third one yet. But there's the getting into mi- the right middle school for your kid. Right. There is the high school day. And then they'll, I guess there'll be the college day too, you know, that we'll all be psyched to yeah. spend money. So yeah, mine was 
so I grew up in Ohio where you, I was in a town where I graduated high school with some kids I went to pre-K with, which is a whole other story. But the, uh, my kids were in daycare and, uh, or, and I only had one at the time and, um, and, the mother of one of Gwen's friends, we were at the playground and she turned to me and she said, so what are you doing about pre-K? The kids were like two. And yeah. I thought, what are you talking about? And she not only was right, but I was late that when they had already uh, done the admissions for three, like I didn't, oh, there. And that experience um had put lasted for 16 years of like being early, getting my paperwork done, you know, like it's it's trying to know the system, which is, you know, now we're looking at college from for that baby. And I can't, I just, I really have been dragging my feet on getting fully in because it feels overwhelming and too much. And I feel like I've already done it for pre-K, middle school and high school for two kids. I, (laughs) but I I will get to the, I will get to the finish line with these children, but oh, yeah. So that is the the money thing. Right. Um, And, and you know, this all reminds me too. So I grew up the, my parents were divorced when I was very little and like in pre-K and we were in this small, we had ended up in this small town in Ohio from Massachusetts. And, um, my parents both stayed in Ohio, which, you know, to be by me in the, in the very early seventies. And my mom was working and I used to go to the Center Ridge school for lads and lassies in my town. And she had worked out some deal for for lads and lassies. Yes. For sure. Mr. And Mrs. Birch, the nicest people in the world. But I think back now, so I must, this must've been like 1970, 71. Uh And she worked out a deal where she would drop me off at the, um, at the preschool and they, I had a bus stop at the top of their very long driveway on the main drag through my, our town. And the bus would come get me in the dark, you know, and, uh, she had to stitch all that together as a single working mom with absolutely no supports because that was before they built the interstate from our town into Cleveland. And it would, was an hour and a half commute in the morning as a single mom. Like she had this, I just think about, I don't even know if she paid them or what, like how I I've heard her. I've talked to her about that time a lot, but she had to stitch it together. Like what little resources and access to things as this, you know, the nutty single woman in this tiny town, which by the time I was in high school, everybody's parents were divorced. But at that time I was this weird unicorn kid. Right. Um, and that's how she did it was like, she looked around and then eventually when my younger brother showed up on the scene, um, she, we had a, a lady, Mrs. Robertson, who took care of us, who we spent time at her house. Uh, I used to walk to school from her house, but like, I guess all of that to say is, you know, kudos to my mom for making yeah. that happen. But also, I don't know that it's gotten any better. Really? Yeah. You know, well, on so, how you make it work. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it has. There was, there was, uh, there was an article that, that I remember reading. I'm trying to call up who I know that my, that someone we were talking about before, Alyssa Court, who wrote the book Squeezed, 
um, about sort of the middle class in America right now wrote a piece about overnight daycares, like all 24 seven daycares. Um, But there was also a piece in the times, you know, a few years back, the, the daycare centers, well, seven years back, the daycare centers adapt to the round, round the clock. Um, But that's, you know, I mean, that, that's real. That's something that people need. And, and, you know, we're not, when we talk about, when we talk about these schedules, we're assuming um, for all segments of the workforce, we're assuming that weekends are off, right? <laughs> like we're right, we're right. assuming that you know that we can all do our jobs and maintain our place in the workforce without having to work insanely late nights, you know, without backup support or weekends without backup backup support. I mean, I I think I think that's a really you know I think that yeah, and that we're. You know, there's a lot of assumptions. Well, I think the biggest assumption, I, I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying it's the biggest assumption, but that there is an unpaid domestic worker at home right. whose name used to be wife, but that uh, there is someone at home yeah. who's going to make this happen. And it, um, for some families, maybe there is a grandparent or an aunt, uncle or someone who can do it. Um you know, we were in Ohio when I was a kid all by ourselves, even really in Brooklyn. Uh, we don't have like um, go to free child care family to go to. We've always had to pay for everything. Yeah. And and not only, you know, there's the pay, there's the scheduling and the stress. I, I was once in uh, um, when Gwen was a baby at the first job I had when the ba- job I had when I was um, had Gwen. I was leaving in the elevator from the newsroom and this woman got in, just the two of us, and she started just venting. I barely knew her, but we were like new parents and we all knew yeah. each other like by sight about how she was on her fourth childcare situation and how stressful it was because she had to keep like finding, the, you know, letting go someone mm-hmm. uh, because it wasn't working out. Uh, vetting someone new, getting them into the system, and then watching to make sure it's all working, and then the instability of it and how stressful it was. And I, I hadn't yeah. even thought about that because ours was going fine. That, I mean, oh my lord! And I hope she figured it out because I didn't ask her again because I was too much in my own world. But, um, that you have all those concerns just so you can show up to work every day. And then be focused and move ahead in your career and get the job done. I was managing a team and like, man, it's, it's just a lot. And, and then to go back, you think it's going to get easier. <laughs> Are we the depressing pair? It's not going to get easier. Let's just say that. I mean, to start off grade, you know, third grade and you're already 13 days in the hole for yeah. how you're going to do it. Yeah. And so. I would spend time, you know, I'm constantly a little less now because my kids are a little bit. There is some benefit from a little more self-sufficiency. Certainly at 16, Gwen can be by herself more, you know, whatever. But that it's all calendar management because I'm I have a partner at home. Yeah. Uh, who's involved and I can say, you're taking, you know, we've got these six days in June to cover. How are we dealing with it for the middle school kid? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, 
I'm assuming as you're describing the calendar calendar management that you're you've got to not only do you need to stay up on top of what school's coming next, you got to stay on top of <laughs> making sure you know that that six those six days are coming and that everybody's on top of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then making the audible when you're like, you know, oh no, it turned out we have, I, I have to travel or I have this big thing and I can't right. do that. So it's just hard. And in another thing that New York City recently did, uh, is they, they created free after school for the middle school kids. And that's awesome. And, you know, is it, was it my kid's favorite, uh, thing to go to free that, that program? No. And, okay. you know, there's a, that's what parenting comes involved where you're like, stick to it, sweetie girl. You know, like, right, right. no, you, you can't come home and spend four hours by yourself. <laughs> yes. I did that in the seventies when I was your age, but we're not talking about that now. So I also had to have the house cleaned and dinner made. So, you know, like pros and cons, sweetheart. <laughs> but, uh, it all of that the issues of having to be at work at a certain time and the kids have to be at school at a different time and and all of that is it's i don't know it's a just it's, it's it doesn't match up it it's a broken up. like it makes absolutely no sense right like we had a we we had you know like the work day um as it was initially designed and heather boucher talks about this a lot um, this economist who, yeah. who we've mentioned in other episodes, um, but this idea, you know, that these school hours were developed, you know, in the days that, that kids were also working in the fields, right. like, like other parts of the day, uh, they were farming. So you had your farming hours where- And not know, just were- doing it on Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> or Roblox. Um <laughs> As my daughter would say, if I loved her, I would get her Robux, which I just uh, I don't even know about what's happening with that. Sears Robux? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still with the lads and lassies, I gotta say. But I mean, but to, to go back to the point of, you know, the, the wife, right? The wife of yes. home that we all need. I mean, Heather Boucher talks about this a lot, that like this whole system is set up um, on this partnership that businesses have with this proverbial wife that's in the house. And, and basically now America and American businesses have lost that silent partner. And what they're doing, um, in her words, is telling American families that we have to pay up that like they, you know, it's, it's best for us to just cover the gap. Um, but, but she's saying what's good mm. for the economy instead is to solve the problem. Like that's not, like making us pay isn't going to work. The system is broken. It just kind of puts us all, you know, in greater debt at greater health right. risk, right? But we we don't solve the problem. It's what what's interesting to me. Um, and when we were talking about this episode, I was just totally geeky. <laughs> but you know, we like in the Rosie the Riveter days when women had to work to keep our economy going while men were at, at war. Um, there was this whole policy. There was there was federal support for childcare, right? So childcare centers, high quality educational facilities that actually even offered support to moms to get some domestic work done after work. Like they would like there was a sign that I saw in one of the one of the pictures of these centers that was like, oh, do you still have to get stuff for dinner after work? Again, in some yeah. 1940s speak. Um you know, that, you know, you can do that. We'll cover the childcare while you, <laughs> while you go do that. Um, you know, 
a mom could send a kid of two to five years old to childcare for 50 cents a day, which is about $7 a day, um, which includes lunch, which includes snacks, right? Um, it, and it did, I think, have an impact on how we saw, how we saw childcare, how we saw, um, caregiving. But then after the war ended, those centers were closed. Um, because we didn't was, need them, right? Cause we need, because that, that woman needed, he could go do it back at home. Yeah, right? right. Not only did we not need it, but we needed the women back. We needed the right. American wife back. Right. And so there was actually like in the early 70s, there was a bill that was sort of trying to put back a system of nationally funded high care, high care, high quality child care centers. Um, and Nixon vetoed it. In 1971. So I think because they claimed they would threaten the bedrock of our society, the American family, which is now like just struggling to to make it all work with the 29 days off, not to mention summers and the and the, uh, you know, and the the nine to. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into summer vacation. That's that'll Uh, bankrupt you. Say, hey, parents of young children who have year round daycare at this point, which is also super expensive. Yeah. Summer camp is really expensive. And that's what it is. It's basically summer childcare, but it'll be under the guise of summer camp. I had a friend actually, her credit card company called her and they were like, is this a mistake? (gasps) (laughs) Why are you spending thousands of dollars on something called like science tricks, whatever it was. And she was like, yeah. Yeah. And because I mean the, and so to go back to the seventies, the way my mom did it, I was seven and a half years older than my brother. And so I was the childcare. I got paid 50 cents an hour. And when she listens to this, uh, so that's $7 in today's money. No, probably less than that because it was the 70s at 50 cents an hour. And I bought a 10 speed bike and I took care of my younger brother. And I think what other option did she have? Yeah. You know, I just. Well, I mean. Wow. I mean, first of all, you got paid. I'm really glad you got paid. I have two <laughs> younger brothers. I, they did have a nanny at certain points, and my middle brother has special needs and needed um, individualized care. But I was home with them by myself, as I recall, a lot. Although we, I saw my brother, one of my brothers, and my mom recently, and we both have like these kind of skewed understandings of our childhood. Like my brother, I'm a vegetarian, and I remember my mom cooking meat all the time. But my brother has this narrative that like he had pizza bagels every day of his life. And like, <laughs> my mom hates it. Um, but so I don't know, maybe I wasn't home with them as much, but I know that I was home alone a lot and I did care for my brothers a lot. I did not get paid. I'm still waiting for the check. Um, oh. No, I'm not. My parents might, no, I'm not. Tell but your I, mom you want a 10 speed bike because that's I, what I spent my, yeah, I never were, actually saw the cash. I had a tiny notebook with the extra thin lines and I'd write every day, you know, like four yeah. hours two dollars right or you know right. yeah. and i kept oh, it and then basically so turned in the notebook and i have pictures of me on the 10 speed bike in i love it tiny town so i love um, it I that's mean, what I you think, can get right <laughs> nice i mean i think i think uh you know i think that was the day where those were the days where like the latchkey kid like was more acceptable and we weren't so scared and there wasn't so much pressure on parents to be, you know, much more hands-on and involved. And there wasn't as many risks to the kid. I don't know. Different day. But I feel like, how do we, 
how do we, where do we take this, this topic and get to, I don't mean to put us on the spot, but get to like a more optimal world. Cause we're basically like, Okay, after your kids come out of diapers, after yeah, you're done. Yeah, it's only gonna get worse, Uh, parents. uh, (laughs) So I feel like, um, I mean, all right, here, here's, here's what it is. It is a a and and not easy at all, but a it is a societal acceptance of the fact that childcare is part of the mix. Yeah, and that if we want to have are happy American families. And if we want to have a middle class and the next generation of the labor force, then we need to figure out a way to support working families because we're all working. We're all breadwinners. Yeah. That. And I think things like uh, after school for middle school kids, I mean, it was accessible. The price was right. It was free. And it was taught by the teachers in our school who were compensated for running these classes. And they did kind of, you know, fun stuff. I thought it sounded fun. But um, I, it, you could hear the complaints of this, especially when she was in seventh grade. You know, it's kind of babyish and all that sort of jazz. But I knew where she was. It was a safe place. And, you know, that kind of approach to what happens, what bookends school Mm, it's yeah. certainly important and also part of the acknowledgement of the crazy schedules that that's my first gambit to you that that I think is yeah something no I think yeah I agree with you and I think even if the school doesn't have the capacity to do it you know my son's school he's in a public school um there's a partnership with the boys and girls club so the school can't provide it but the but they partner so that they make registration to the boys and girls clubs, you know, direct. So it's not, you're not kind of navigating all these different things. You can easily put them in, in a program that you have to pay for. Um, but it's not like the most expensive. You could also do like pre, you know, I could put him in there for, he could have breakfast at there. I don't, um, but he could. So yeah. I think it's, and then I think flexible work. I think on the employer's side, um, I think, why couldn't I leave? Why couldn't I finish my day out at home? You know, like why couldn't, or I could shift my hours or, or, you know, um, a million years ago, I used to work with a couple who I, um, they worked, she was a, uh, is a teacher and he, uh, turned from reporting to copy editing. So he worked nights. Now that is super hard because they basically were ships passing in the night, but they did that so that they didn't have childcare costs. And, you know, that was a decision they made and he had that opportunity to, to work like the night shift basically. Um, which I don't kind of wish on anyone to have the two ships passing in the night approach, but, I do think that was a proto version of what could we do with the rigidity of work to free it up and support some of this stuff. Because even if we changed, you know, all of those topics of school, you know, year round school or whatever other proposals there may be for hours and the like, you're still going to end up, the kids are going to have more days off than you do. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Could, what could we do? Could we work from home on those days? Could we do other stuff? So I think the workplace has a role too, because right now all this weight is mostly on parents. Yep. Yep. I think. No, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I think, you know, to Heather's point, Heather Boucher's point, like, 
when she says the economy is going to benefit from, you know, from really recognizing what the family's carrying, I think she's saying we're going to be more productive employees if um, this is handled, if this is handled better, like because we're just we're burning out. Right. Anyway. Well, Um, I love this topic. I mean, it's, it's a tough topic, but I love it. So I say thank you for joining us today on The Breadwinners. Whether you're a chance or a choice breadwinner, we hope you enjoyed the time you spent with us today and that you'll share your own story. Tell us how you're dealing with childcare at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. How do you make it all work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners and help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.